0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Get to Old Navy to redeem your super cash. Use your Old Navy card in store or online with your super cash to earn double reward points at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 6-2 to 6-10. Excludes gift cards. Double reward points offer subject to credit approval.
0: Informative fantasy football podcast in the universe, and this show is brought to you, of course, in part by gridironexperts.com, the website where fantasy football champions are born. And Cole, Mm -hmm. another week is passing, another week closer to the start of NFL football, the start of fantasy football, which is drafting season is right around the corner. And for some of us, including ourselves, our big draft is a month from now. So, we're really starting to get into the swing of things, and things are starting to ramp up. Yeah. How excited are you for fantasy football season? I think you know.
1: Um, we just had our keeper deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, what, a few days ago, five days ago, we had our, our lottery yeah. locked in, mm-hmm. draft lottery. So, I'm friggin' pumped. Yeah, uh, just ready. I've just been staring at my... Google Docs and my Google Sheets yeah. and just my mock drafts and everything for our right. league. I'm ready to go. You're
0: studying full force.
1: Yeah, like you, I, like I you're do. You're ready to
0: draft tomorrow. If we drafted tomorrow, I think you'd be ready. We could have drafted yesterday. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and of course, I would be ready, too. That's why we are who we are. That's why we host this show. Yeah. And it's a good thing we host this show. And it's a good thing if you go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Five. Five-star rating. Along with a really nice review of what you think of the show, you don't tell us if you like it, you don't like it, what we should fix, what we should change, what we could add to make this show better. We're also on Blog Talk Radio, course, and we're on TuneIn. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have an Apple device, find us on TuneIn. And with that being said, yes, today's show is about running backs. The running back, y'all. Remember the Titans. And at one time, the running back was. Arguably the most important position in the NFL years and years ago, right? And it yeah. seems to be getting less and less important.
1: Yeah, I mean, as, yeah, as the years go on. I feel like last year there was an uptick. It mm-hmm. just seemed like maybe it was just because I was looking at it like more of a fantasy way, but it seemed like there was more um, single running backs like that shoulder that meant that, more that shoulder their the weight of up yeah of being a running back on their team than in years past where sure. at least like last like three or four or five years, including, um, excluding last year, it seemed like, um, where it was just more RBBC. Yeah. Last year it seemed like there was some just like running backs by themselves. Yeah. Obviously there is still yeah. RBBCs, right. but
0: right. You know, you, you, you look back in like the early two thousands, late nineties, and every team had a bell call running. Just back. that one guy, one guy who just did He everything. was their guy. Yeah. And, and and like you said, there are a few teams. You have your Ezekiel Elliott, your Leonard Fournette, your David Johnson's win healthy, you, Le'Veon Bell, et cetera. But for the most part, these teams are going to a running back by committee, and mm-hmm. things are kind of shaky fantasy standing. And I think you could still argue that the running back, a number, a true number one running back, is the most important player on your fantasy team. You could still Correct. argue that because the – the amount of those that are out there are fewer than, you know, say quarterbacks that score a lot, right. different things like that. So with that being said, we're going to try to break this down as best we can. We came out with our running back consensus ratings on our social media accounts over the last few days. And we're going to talk about those and break those down here in a little bit. But first, I think in order to properly go through the running back position...
1: Got to get up those hogs up
0: front. We've got to start with the offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd like to outline some of the key transactions this season because most people, and i got to be honest, I, I kind of fit this mold at certain times until I really start diving into things. You just don't pay attention to offensive linemen. I mean, they're they're not in the, they're not in the yeah. limelight. They, they just go undetected and unnoticed. So these are some things that you as a fantasy player need to know heading into your draft. Uh, and so some, these are the key transactions that we feel going into this year. We'll start with Andrew Norwell who was free agency's top guard this offseason, ends up signing in Jacksonville, which is a huge boost to their offensive line, which probably brings them up to a top 10 group. And you already saw
1: what they did with Fournette last year. Right.
0: So that's definitely helping their offensive line. Yep. Uh, Hurts Carolina's line, of course. The Chargers, which is, this is an interesting sign for the Chargers. They scooped up Mike Pouncey. From the Dolphins, their best offensive lineman, arguably, down in Miami. For sure. So the fact that the Chargers get him to block for Melvin Gordon and company there, that's definitely going to help them. Um, and, and then, of course, Forrest Lamp is back from injury there. So if those guys are health, healthy, that line is going to be much improved there in L.A. And, again,
1: Melvin Gordon still – he's he's their bell cow. Right. So And he still produces. So getting two guys on that offensive line that should be an improvement from last year, should be good.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. In L.A., and a team that we talked about a few weeks ago on the show, we broke down their offensive skill positions, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they look really good. And even though Joe Thomas retired this year, who was their you know their staple there for many years from Wisconsin, they brought over former Steeler Chris Hubbard, uh, who's going to be a starter there. And I think they're going to be A-OK. The rest of their line was, was good. But obviously, losing Thomas hurts them.
1: Uh, last year, if any of you remember, I know you do, I was on Isaiah Crowell 100% everywhere and the main reason was because that offensive line coming into last year they were tops in every position for run blocking yep and if you remember last year isaiah crowell didn't really produce no he didn't along with hubbard um they Recently, as I think it was uh, just as recent as this morning, yeah. they signed uh, former number two overall pick um, Greg Robinson yeah. in yeah. Detroit last year. So with Zietler and Treader and Petonio in the middle, I feel like this should still be a pretty decent offensive line. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to draft Carlos Hyde in the first two rounds like I was, was Crowell, well. but... Maybe I'm going to be wrong here again, and maybe you should draft Hyde.
0: Okay. What? Yeah.
1: But, I, yeah, I think that the Browns definitely have a good offensive line. Now we'll see if that can translate yeah. on the field. But. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving on to the New England Patriots, they lost both of their offensive tackles. They were unwilling to pay Nate Solder for what he wanted, and they also let Cameron Fleming go. They've got Marcus Cannon to, to, to replace one of them. But they also signed Let Adrian Waddle. Whether or not he's the answer, I mean, he's been up and down in his career, so we're really unsure how New England's offensive line is going to work out. But I think the fact that they throw as much as they do and use their running backs in a multitude of ways really not something I don't think you really need to be concerned about at this point. I'm it's not interested. like we're worried.
1: Yeah, I'm interested in, in that offense as a whole, right? Especially those first four weeks without Edelman, they've got you know they they're missing Dion Lewis, um. They've got Michelle and a rookie running back. Yeah. Got to keep Gronk and Brady healthy. And then they're missing Amendola as well. I mean, I, I don't want to yeah. get into the whole yeah. Patriots thing, but going to be interesting with those first four weeks what that New England offense looks like.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then, so New England's loss is the New York Giants' gain, which is yes. good news for Saquon Barkley, rookie running back there. And they upgraded that guard this offseason with Patrick Omeme coming in to play left guard. And then, of course, they drafted Will Hernandez, big boy, 350-pounder. Uh, Something like that, yeah. This yeah. offensive line is definitely going to be improved, um, but I, I really I don't know if, if they're there just yet. We'll break them down here in a little bit. Arizona added two new starters in Justin Pugh and Andre Smith. They're paying Pugh a lot of money down there in Arizona, uh, but neither one of them have been particularly well. They've had low grades on pro football focus over the last few years, and they still look questionable in other spots. You know, with a guy like Sam Bradford playing quarterback there and David Johnson running the ball, coming off an injury, it'll be interesting to see how this offensive line holds up. They were labeled last year as one of the worst offensive lines in the entire league. Mm -hmm. Adrian Peterson went there to help out, and Peterson was able to string together a couple nice games there, albeit on quite a few carries, but they were able to gain some yards on the ground. So that's something that is positive, at least. Justin
1: Pugh? More like Justin P.U., that's what I always say. <laughs> no, but hopefully, uh, hopefully they get something going in Arizona because I'm I'm drafting David Johnson.
0: So with all that being said, we take a look at the number of different offensive line rankings that are out there. There, and
1: there are so many. I, when I was looking at um, different ones, there. I mean, this one, this one shows. This is from last year. Philly Pro Football Focus has him as fourth. Football Outsiders has him as twenty second and that's run blocking. Next Gen has them over 20. Like it,
0: So it varies all over the place. The Saints have the them
1: place. at 18th on Pro Football Focus. Football Outsiders has them at 2nd. So it's just different ends of the spectrum. It just really depends on what site you're looking at and yeah. uh, what their qualifications are for. like
0: What their rankings are. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we, kind, we, we tried to take a look at all of these. We'll try to go through these for you and kind of – outline what we see here across the board and if you look at number fires offensive line rankings the top five they have are the new orleans saints dallas cowboys philadelphia eagles pittsburgh steelers and the atlanta falcons and for the most part across the board those are pretty close to the top five across the board you're looking at pro football focuses right now and they have they have the philadelphia eagles as number one the atlanta falcons as two and then they have the New England Patriots, believe it or not, number three. And then, of course, Dallas Cowboys number four, and they've got the Tennessee Titans number five.
1: I don't, I don't hate that one, Tennessee. I think that they're kind of underrated. You said oh, you, yeah.
0: you kind of like that. You'd like they're at five. So, and, yeah. And so number number five
1: has them at fourteen. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, or like you said, uh, Pro Football Focus has them at, at number five, and I think one of the reasons, and reason why I like them is their yards before contact, right. Uh, which is at 2.12, which is third highest. Yeah, and last the league season, average yeah. is 1.56. So, yeah, uh, so they're about
0: a half a yard above the league average from last year. Who's
1: that running back last year? Demarco Murray and then and, and Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry able to get some yards before they even get touched. I think Derrick Henry will just improve on that by himself. Don't know what Murray's up to.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's unbelievable that Murray's not signed somewhere. And and you know we talked about the fact that. New Orleans no, no looks what, like, like a good spot, later? yeah. And he apparently turned down a contract offer from New Orleans. So, he,
1: what I read was that he uh, didn't want to go to a place where he'd get tons of shares. He just so he wants to be the guy. He wants, I guess. I don't know where that is located in the NFL right now, but right. Maybe he's waiting for an injury. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we take a look at the number two Dallas Cowboys here for number fire. Uh, they're ranked number four yeah. on Pro Football Focus, so
1: they're, so they're going to be high
0: regardless, really. Right, and we've talked about this offensive line for a number of years. Now, keep in mind, this offensive line has changed a little bit uh, over the last couple years, but Travis Frederick and Zach Martin are still anchoring the middle, Tyron Smith at left tackle. So when it's you not, have three guys right. like that, um, you have a pretty solid foundation.
1: Right, and Smith last year was banged up a few times. Yep. We saw when he was banged up and when Zeke was banged up, that offense was just there were nothing terrible. Yeah. So, he's back healthy, obviously. And then Collins, another year under his belt coming into the season. And then Cooper, Jonathan Cooper, at at that other guard position. He didn't play very well last year, but he ended up better than he started. Yeah. So, he got better throughout the year.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing I do worry about this Dallas Cowboys offensive line is their depth. Because we saw what happens when some of these guys went down. They really didn't have anybody to step in and fill that role. So. You know, if these guys can stay healthy, we we know that they're a bruising offensive line. What was it, two years ago? Yeah. Where, Zeke, yeah, where, yeah. where
1: Zeke led the league, yeah, and these guys were just rolling over everyone. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, obviously, nothing to worry about there with the starters in Dallas. So, if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner or you're targeting Ezekiel Elliott, obviously, uh, sky is the limit. Yep. We look at Philadelphia, who Pro Football Focus has ranked number one. Correct. Um, and Number Fire has ranked number three. Numberfire calls them an overall in the elite tier and their elite pass blocker. They're above average run blocker. Um, But you look here at the graphic from Pro Football Focus, 91.3 top player overall, of course, is Jason Kelsey. They only allowed 154 total pressures last year. And even though they had over 28 lineup combinations last year, they were an 80.9 pass block efficiency rating. So that's pretty darn good. And, of course, a team that an offensive line that is able to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, says a lot.
1: That's a start up front there for him.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: you have Kelsey. You have Lane Johnson on the outside. Yep. And Brandon Brooks. Ooh. Say it with your chest. <laughs> Brandon Brooks. Uh, I can't say that name. Brandon Brooks <laughs> at that one at the left guard position. And then you have on the left side, Jason Peters. Yeah. yeah. Come back from injury. Yeah. If he comes back healthy, that's a top-tier line. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you take a look at the Oakland Raiders, who number fire has ranked above average in all categories, but has them ranked number six. Pro Football Focus is basically right there with them. They have them ranked number eight. And this is a big, bruising offensive line. They're huge. They, they, are, they are big. And you bring Doug Martin over, and basically, you know, you're not sure who to choose right now between Lynch and Martin. But we do know this: they're going to have a great offensive line to run behind.
1: It should. Last year, not great. Uh, only one point three four yards uh, per yards before contact, yeah. which is seventh lowest. I do remember uh, Marshall Newhouse. Remember that name?
0: Mm-hmm. Green Bay Packer.
1: Not great. Not great. Pro Football Focus forty six point four overall. Thirty eight pressures over there on the right side. Yeah. That's the that's weak point. I would agree, yeah.
0: The left side with Donald Penn and Azamelli, and then Hudson in the middle, I think the left yeah. side is great. And I think the Raiders were a team that ran to the left more than any other team in the sense. league last year, I which totally makes sense. I
1: wouldn't run towards Newhouse.
0: Yeah, I mean, a 46.4 uh, overall ranking is not one to be proud of. Yeah. But, again, I think the Raiders ranked sixth right now. Um, they're, they're big bruiser, bruisers up front. And then, there, you know, Rodney Hudson was the best pass blocker in all the league last year, according to Pro Football Focus. He only allowed three pressures. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got some things Nothing going the for them there. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not good. you are solid it. up the middle. Get and away from us. The Saints is a big one, right? I mean, number fire ranks them number one. Um, obviously, they were amazing last year in run blocking. I mean, yeah. Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara had their seasons of their lives. Um, can they replicate that? I think it's going to be tough to replicate how just how good they were. Um, but, I mean, they were amazing last year, and they've got the same cast coming back. Right, so.
1: that's another thing. Continuity um, is big with offensive lines yeah. because then it's just moving as one unit, especially on like the Eagles when they run. They do a lot of zone read runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints, they had a lot of inside zone runs. They averaged... yards per contact on inside zone runs, which is second NFL, and 1.8 before contact on outside zone runs, which is fifth. So zone runs, you're probably going to get some yardage out of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a look at some of these teams that are on the opposite end of the spectrum here and and maybe something we should be concerned about. We take a look at the Minnesota Vikings who uh, shipped off Jared McKinnon. I shouldn't say shipped off, but did not resign Jared McKinnon, who goes to San Francisco and now second-year player Delvin Cook will be the lead back there, along with Latavius Murray. Uh, ranked 25th according to Numberfire. They are a slight liability in their ranking, uh, below average in pass blocking and neutral in run blocking. Hmm. They surrendered 154 pressures last year, and they used 26 different combinations in 2017. But they had a lot of new pieces there. And the moves they made were I guess you would say mixed results. Of course Delvin Cook gets hurt. Um they had some success there with the running with the running game between Murray and McKinnon. I but it's it's questionable yeah. at best here moving into the next season.
1: I thought that they the running backs specifically, maybe maybe they didn't get great blocking necessarily, but the running backs put up numbers. McKinnon yeah. and, and Murray put up some solid numbers. So Maybe it's the type of offense that they run, but I think Cook can still produce, definitely.
0: Yeah, and and you know, they did allow the fewest sacks last year, only 11, or excuse me, they did allow the third fewest sacks last year, only 11, um, but you know, as Pro Football Focus attributes this to, a lot of that had to do with Case Keenum's ability to avoid defenders and scramble and move out of the pocket and get rid of the ball. Uh, before he would get taken to the ground so be that as it may you know when you have multiple outlets that are ranking offensive lines they rank them back in the 20s Um, that's really you know not something we want to look for Um, does it hurt my feelings on delvin cook yeah it actually does a little bit does it yeah it it actually does um but you know like you said we saw murray and mckinnon both have success there yeah um now the, the the biggest key is is Kirk cousins is now the quarterback so Naturally, you'd think they'd throw the ball a little bit more.
1: Possibly, but it doesn't really bother me for Cook. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, You look at a team like Arizona Cardinals, who top back David Johnson is going to be running behind this season, ranked 31st according to Pro Football Focus, ranked 30th according to NumberFire. They are in the poor tier and below average in both pass-blocking and run-blocking ranking. Not great. Not great at all. 217 total pressures surrendered last year. You second know, most. Second most. So, so not terrible. Okay. Not, not the okay. worst. Okay. Second most in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so pass blocking, not good. Run blocking was also, they were the worst ranked run blocking team for a for majority of the time last season.
1: Right. And like you said, before AP got there, Yeah, run blocking was so bad. Like they averaged, even some games when AP was there and did play. They had some of the worst offensive running numbers yep. coming from that from that line. Yeah, uh, running backs averaged negative .21 yards before contact on outside runs, outside zone runs. Excuse me. Okay, uh, and they ran that more than forty times that season or
0: last year. So, not great. No running to the outside like that. Um, and I guess that's worrisome. But the the thing that's good about David Johnson. Is the fact that he's not scoring points just out of the backfield. He's catching the ball. Right. He is doing things out of the backfield. He can make people miss. He makes people miss. So it's not the kiss of death here to look at the Arizona Cardinals and go, oh, they're 30th. You know, I gotta stay away from David Johnson. I would be more hesitant with David Johnson due to injury history, not due to the offensive line. So there's some question marks surrounding him, but if we see David Johnson back healthy, the old the David Johnson of old. I mean, he's obviously a top fantasy player.
1: That offensive line from two years ago wasn't great. Right. I mean, they might not have been the worst, but they definitely were probably worse than middle of the pack if if I were to look back onto it. Right. But he kind of makes them look good. He makes them look better. Yeah. Because of what he can do with the ball. But, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to have to pick him.
0: Yeah. Going to have to. I don't blame you. Uh, and then let's talk about the very dead last ranked Houston Texans. They're 32nd on both Pro Football Focus, on both Pro Football Focus and NumberFire. They're ranked poor in run blocking, poor overall, below average, according to NumberFire. They surrendered 253 total pressures last year. They used 14 different combinations, and they were just god awful.
1: Maybe they should have tried a couple more combos. <laughs> Why not? I mean, Philly, what tried 28? They doubled them yeah. up.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing about it was we didn't notice how bad they were until Deshaun Watson got hurt because of how much he uses his legs and different things. He was kind of able to sort of put a band aid on that, and then once he got hurt, we saw really how bad they were. The first,
1: the first game that he came in, uh, when they made the switch at halftime. I mean, the, the first half. Yeah. Uh, what's his face? Tom Savage. Tom Savage. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Couldn't move. He couldn't get a pass off. Right. So they make that switch, and he's able to do some things. Right. And they, quotation, figured the, they figured their offense out, mm-hmm. which they kind of did. I mean, they were putting yeah. on points. He was putting on yards.
0: And what's crazy about that switch, and I know this is not really related, but Savage had 13, uh, through 13 balls, 11 of them hit receivers in the hands, and I think there was like six in drops. That game. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, albeit... Nobody was helping him. Nobody was helping him. <laughs> albeit it was probably the right move to put Watson in, obviously yeah. from what we've seen. Yeah, but it was not Tom Savage's fault. Um, so, Lamar Miller, get this. Yeah,
1: one point five nine yards before contact, which is little, slightly more than the league average. Yeah, so it's not terrible. Just pass blocking, they absolutely cannot do it. That's
0: what I was about to say. Is their worst pass blocking, run blocking? They are a better unit with, um, but still they rank below average there. Yeah. Um, Lamar Miller, I mean. People are shaky on Lamar Miller overall. Uh, we had Bob Lung on the show last week, and he talked about his love for Lamar Miller this year mm-hmm. just because of the what just because of what Watson brings to the offense and how he and, thinks it's going to make everything and better. And we saw
1: last year. Miller played a lot better with Watson right. at quarterback.
0: Right. So uh, not the kiss of death here, I don't think, either, but it does make me drop Miller down a little bit more just knowing the fact that this offensive line is not good. And then when you throw into the when you account the fact that some, you know, there's going to be injuries. Mm-hmm. So when, when these teams don't have depth, when they're already bad with their starters, um, it, it's not a good, it's not a good sign. If a guy gets hurt here, a guy gets hurt there, they get worse. I mean, how, wor- how much worse can the Texans get?
1: What I would um, do, I would turn off, uh, the injuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't see why people just don't do that.
0: It's a good point. I, I, I mean,
1: I do that. I, and, I, and I turn off the salary cap. Oh. We gotta sign some guys.
0: <laughs> if only it were that easy, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on into our Twitter question of the week. So on this week's Twitter question of the week, we asked a question to our Twitter followers: Will Joe Mixon break out in 2018? And I think it's a valid question because there is a lot of people who are behind Mixon this year. They think he's going to have a great year. And then there's quite a few people who are on the opposite of this and think, you know what, we've seen enough from him last year. He couldn't get it done with ample carries in his rookie year. What makes you think he's going to do anything different this year? So we take a look at the results from our poll. 64% of the over 300 votes into this poll say yes. Joe Mixon will break out in 2018 which leaves 36% that say, no, he's overrated. We take a look at some of the comments. Dustin Wilder at Wilded01 says, I'm going with mildly overrated. Does he have the commitment and intestinal fortitude to be a stud? We'll see. Geo can handle the mail and is in the pen ready to go. So he's pretty adamant about that one. Uh, Yes, he is. Uh, We go down even farther. Somebody says, I think he'll be productive. Not sure a RB1 breakout is happening, though. And then we've got Rob Schwartz Jr. who says, I think a third option needs to happen. Talking about our poll question. Breakout isn't this year, but I think he takes a step forward and breaks out next year. Be bold, man. Uh, And then you go down to the bottom. Charlie Kebble, at Charles Kebble. Says barely three yards per carry on a decent workload last year, and gives us the trash can. Oof, harsh. Okay, so mixed again, mixed feelings on this. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to me, I think I got a side on, on the no okay. side of things. Now here's the thing that's going in his favor, right? Last year they had Jeremy Hill. He's now with New England, okay, and he was still their lead back. Of course, Gio Bernard is involved. Now, the thing that's interesting about this is Mixon and Bernard are more similar than Mixon and Hill are. Mm -hmm. And so, because Mixon's more of a guy that can do more things. Jeremy Hill is your bruising uh, north and south back. Um, But, you know, like, like we mentioned, he had a bad year last year. In the first nine games that he was splitting carries with Hill, he had 107 carries, 321 yards, three touchdowns, averaged out to be three yards a carry. After Hill went down, He saw more more of the football, more times he ran, 71 times, 305 yards, one touchdown, 4.3 yards a carry. So you see the difference there, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I think he's going to have a better year just sheer by the volume because he's going to get the ball more. And offensive coordinator Bill Lazor said that Mixon's going to play in more situations come 2018. Last year, Gio Bernard saw most of the passing down snaps Laser says he wants to get Mixon more involved there. Now, the key is going to be, obviously, A, can he stay healthy, just like with anybody, but B, how how involved is Gio Bernard going to be? And I think you're going to see Mixon be the lead back, obviously, and then Bernard is going to be the complementary back. But the question remains is, is he as talented as we think he is, right? That, that's, that's the thing. Pro Football Focus ranked him 16th uh, among running backs last season. And again, we're not really too fond of their offensive line, and that's right. that's another problem, right? They're ranked twenty eighth on Pro Football Focus. Not good in the running game. They did bring in left tackle Cordy Glenn, and a, and they drafted Billy Price at center. So who got know,
1: cleared yesterday? Or the day before, he, he tore his pec. Yes, doing the uh, the benching yes.
0: at the combine. But yes, he got cleared. So he's cleared to go. So I mean there's a lot of good things here when we look at Mixon's situation this year versus last year. But I'm still not on the train. I don't from what I've seen of him last year, he didn't wow me at any point. And obviously, you could you could attribute things well, he had a lot of personal things going on. He had his his different issues off the field. Was that part of it? Was that not part of it? You know, we're not really sure and that's th- some of the things we can't predict. But what we can try to predict here is the fact that he is going to get more carries and we do know that the Bengals offensive line is not very good. And from what we've seen of him on the field last year, he was not that impressive. So until he can prove to me that he's gonna take a step forward, I'm just not ready to say, Yep, all in, he's gonna break out because I just didn't see anything that leads me to believe that at this point.
1: Okay. Um he did leave leave. He did lead Cincinnati in yards from scrimmage. Okay. Which is something something for him. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I think he definitely gets close to 20 touches mm-hmm. a game. You would think so. I think on volume and I think on talent because the kid is talented. I think that we could see a top 20, top 15 year from him. And does, oh yeah, I'm not. I'm does not. That, yeah. Does that constitute as a breakout? Uh-uh. no, it doesn't. Okay, then there's my answer for that. No, I think that. Yeah, I think I I could definitely see him as like the number
0: 14,
1: 15 running back this season.
0: Yeah, and I I don't have any problem with that. Um, I I think that's definitely possible, just based upon the fact that he's going to get the sheer, like you said, the volume alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like you said, he was talented in college, but how many times do we see guys come from college that we think are going to be unbelievable? I mean, look at Melvin Gordon's highlight tape in college and in high school. And you'd think he would translate to be the second coming of Barry Sanders in the NFL, but it just really hasn't happened that way. But he gets so many carries, he produces very well in fantasy. So could that be the situation here for Mixon? Possibly. I don't think he'll get as many as Gordon, but I think he's in the same conversation. I agree. All right, so that's our Twitter question of the week. Thank you, for everybody, for participating in our poll, giving us some feedback. And moving on here, we're going to break down some of the rookie running backs that you should be targeting or maybe you should overlook in this year's fantasy drafts. And of course, let's start with the big dog, the number one overall running back that went in the NFL draft this year, Saquon Barkley from the New York giants.
1: Uh, and some say that he was the best player in the draft yeah. entirely, not yeah. just a running back looking at Barkley. He's a first rounder. I think he has to be okay. first or fantasy second pick. You're saying yeah. right, right. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> even real both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, First, yeah, definitely first round. You know, maybe depending on on how many teams you have, you can get him at the tail end of or, or the beginning of the second round. Mm-hmm. Just if, if you're in a 12 team, 10 team, kind of depends. If you're in a keeper league, you right. know, just based it off that. But yeah, I have no problem problem uh, picking him in the first round. I don't think he's going to compete with anyone. That's the big thing. The offensive line is slightly better, should be better on paper. They are, and. We know that he can catch the ball, and that's big uh, for running backs, obviously, that are going to be there on, on the field for the majority of the time. If he can produce like a, uh, you know, David Johnson light or Lev Bell light, you know, yeah. something similar to that, but I don't expect that from him. Um, maybe a Cream Hunt. I mean, Cream Hunt can do it. I have no problem saying that Barkley can. The thing that does worry me, though. Is that there were so many times last season, um, at Penn State, where he he played better teams. You know, he played Ohio State, he played Michigan, guys with like NFL talent on the other side. Yep, Yep. and he would get like fifty yards, sixty yards on twenty five carries. He wouldn't do a whole lot. Right. That kind of worries me, but that also kind of plays into the talent pool around him as well. Right. Um. But yeah. All that being said, yeah, I like him. Okay, first round.
0: Well, what we do know is that a rookie running back has led the NFL in rushing the last two years. Zeke did it in 2016; he had 1631 yards, and then Kareem Hunt did it, of course, last year 1327. Same. Interestingly enough, that led the league 1327. I mean, in reality, that's less than 100 yards a game. Um, yeah, that's so. It's it's it's, kind it's, of, it's surprising.
1: I'm just realizing that as you say it, Yeah, that is surprising. That's, that's, a, that's really low. weird.
0: It is. So that goes to show you with all the injuries that we had to the top running backs. You had Ezekiel Elliott that was out with a suspension. Le'Veon Bell was hurt. David Johnson hurt. That kind of just goes into that. So, But be that as it may.
1: Under 80, 83 yards.
0: 83 yards a game. Uh, be that as it may, rookie running backs have led the lead the last two seasons. Now, here's what worries me about the Giants and just the overall Uh, picture here obviously the offensive line they were not good but like we mentioned before Nate Soldier Will Hernandez should help the offensive line take a look at the Giants last three years in 2015 they had 413 rushing attempts that was 19th in the NFL 2016 398 which was less 22nd in the NFL and then the year excuse me 2017 they had less than that 394 25th in the NFL now obviously They didn't really have much in the backfield. I mean, they had guys like Orleans Darkwa leading the way. Paul Perkins. Paul Perkins. I mean, these guys really just didn't pan out in the NFL, so they they really aren't overwhelming anyone, which makes sense on why they wouldn't want to run the ball very much. But the good news here is we've seen recently that when an NFL team selects a running back in the first round, they run the ball a lot more. It makes sense. So yeah, it does. And when you look at Jacksonville, they selected Leonard Fournette fourth overall. They went from 392 carries to 527 in 2017. That's a 34 percent increase. The Panthers selected McCaffrey last last season in the first round. They went from 430 or they went from 453 to 490, which is an 8 percent increase. When the Cowboys selected Zeke fourth overall, they went from 408 to 499, 22 percent. And then when the Rams selected Gurley, they went from 395 to 429. So they run the ball more when they have a lot invested in a running back, which mm-hmm. totally makes sense. So you're going to have that here, right? They're going to try to get Saquon Barkley going whether he does or doesn't because they have a lot invested in him and they put some new guys in the off, up front for him to try to help him out. Th- that's basically if, if he didn't play for New York – I would ha- I would be a lot higher on him right now. Just because of that line, the whole as a team as a whole, they're not any good. They're just not good. I mean, they're not. I mean, True. we think they're good, but they're not.
1: Who's I don't know who thinks that.
0: I mean, it just seems like the the overall consensus on the New York Giants is that they're really good. They're they're not. They have Odell Beckham, Beckham and besides Ingram. that, they have Evan Ingram, and and the offense besides that is really nothing. And now you bring in Saquon Barkley. And a lot of people are really high on Eli Manning this year just because they have Barkley now to kind of lean oh, that's on. A mistake. I, I, that's a big-time mistake, in my opinion. So, you know, the left side of the line looks good. Center to the right of their line is shaky. And, again, like I say, without an offensive line, it doesn't matter how good your skill guys are. They're not going to be able to do anything if the guys can't block up front. So I'm just shaky on the whole situation. You know, you have him ranked a little bit higher than I do. We'll talk about that more in depth when we get to our rankings. But Correct. That's the reason I'm a little lower on Barkley. Now, you say first round. I, yeah, I think, again, according to the league, like you mentioned, you know, is it a keeper league? What is it? If we're just talking a regular draft here, uh, you know, 10-team draft, you know, you're probably going to get him in the first round if you want him just based upon his current ADP and different things of that nature. So, you know, if I got to decide between him and a guy like Leonard Fournette, I'm going to take Leonard Fournette. Because it's proven they give him the ball a lot, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have a good offensive line. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Then we move on to Rashad Penny in Seattle. Cole, what do you think about Penny? Pass. Okay.
1: I am so confused. This, this one really confuses me. And I mean, I understand that it's because he's the only thing they have back there. Mm-hmm. But well But they don't. They well have same. guys, but they. Right.
0: But what are they? Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
1: And yep. who knows if he's anything as well. Right. It could just be a product of other surroundings. Um, but the big thing for me is Schottenheimer is now their offensive coordinator. Let me read off uh, what Schottenheimer's offense does. Okay. Rushing. Uh, this is from 2006 to 2014. Uh, he was with the Jets and then with... St. Louis, when they were still in St. Louis. Okay. So, 7th in attempts, 13th, 19th, 1st, 2nd, a couple years in New York, 16th, 22nd, 17th, 26th. Yep. And yardage, around the same, 20th, 19th, 9th, 1st, 4th, 22nd, 19th, 19th, 20th. Yep. Touchdowns, about the same. Just as an offense in general, uh... Eighteenth, twenty-fifth, ninth, seventeenth. When they were the first in rushing, they were seventeenth in scoring. Yep. Thirteenth, thirteenth, twenty-fifth, twenty-first, twenty-first. Worst yardage every single time. Yeah. I don't understand how this guy still has a job. If
0: you look at this, why would you have a job? Well, I think the, one of the big reasons why is because of that two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I think it's really last name. Uh, well, that's <laughs> that's why. You're right. Uh, but, you know, he had two good years there out of the, what is that, eight years. So two out of eight years were successful in the running game. Look at that. You know, you, you look at this guy, and, and I, I think I'm pretty much on your side of this thing. You know, the, the good news here for Penny is the fact that Pete Carroll praised him last week on his pass blocking, said he looks really comfortable back there um that this was something new for him uh demanding part of the game we don't have any hesitation that he's going to be fine in that area so he'll be
1: on the on the field on third down supposedly right what it looks like
0: right so that that's good news because that means he's going to be on the field more than these other guys most likely um we we know the kid's talented i mean he did a lot of good things in college Mm -hmm. um but i think it's going to be penny one carson two and it's a crowded backfield on paper i mean you've got Mike Davis, CJ Size, Chris Carson, McKenzie, you know all these guys—and so I still think he's going to be the number one guy. They drafted him high in the draft, so you know they're way going to... higher
1: than anybody. Of... Right?
0: They were really high on him, so you know they're going to be invested in him. You know, not a lot of guys out of San Diego State make it in the NFL. Marshall Falk is one of the only other, one of the few guys that were yeah. successful from San Diego State. So, two could he be Falk 2.0? Um, That's a little early. You know, you mentioned Schottenheimer. You know, during the height of the Jets years, like you said, that 09-10 run. You know, Thomas Jones rushed for 2,714 yards from 08 to 09, had 27 touchdowns in that run. So I'm not saying that Rashad Penny is Thomas Jones, but they have had success before with Schottenheimer. But like you said, by and large, mm-hmm. it's not good and there's really not a lot to like about that Seattle offense. Now, I think I'm with you again. And and then the pro, the other problem is this poor offensive line. They're they're ranked anywhere from 26 to 28th, depending on which which list you look at. So, it, it's not good, not a good situation. I think you're safer to pass on Penny. All right, let's take a look at Ronald Jones the 2nd for Tampa Bay, not Jr., the 2nd. 2nd. I like that.
1: Yeah. So, I'm going to draft him. Off that,
0: just because he's the second, yeah, RJ two. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Run the jewels too.
0: What are your thoughts on here on, on Jones here?
1: Um, I like him. I think that he will definitely separate from the pack of those running backs that they have. Three of them played last year for him for the Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. But three of those guys didn't really do anything. Uh, Doug Martin's gone.
0: Yep, in Oakland.
1: Uh, what do they got?
0: And they have Charles Sims,
1: Charles Sims, and, and Peyton, Peyton Barber. Barber. Not worried about him. Okay. I, I think Ronald Jones. I had him higher than Penny. Yeah, me too. In uh, in the draft board, so, kind of confused by that, but. I really like that Jones should be, at least the, first and second down guy. Yeah. If anything, Sims and Barber and what's it. Rodgers, Jaquiz Rodgers, yeah. will be that third down back. Right.
0: Yeah, I, and I mean, I think he's in a pretty good situation overall. According to Rick Strude of the Tampa Bay Times, he just came out and said that we should expect Jones to get 15 to 20 touches a game. Uh, if he gets that kind of workload, he's probably in the RB2 conversation right out of the gate here. Um, they got a chance. This offense, and we were in love with this offense last year, as most people yeah. were. It's because of hard knocks. They have a, a the potential, you know, to be a potent offense. And I think he's gonna have ample opportunities in this offense. I think he will give some carries, like you said, to, to Barber, and then the passing down works probably gonna go to Charles Sims. That's that's kind of what he specializes in. But overall I really like Ronald Jones. Uh probably right behind Saquon Barkley for me. This guy is the next the next in line.
1: As far as rookies. As far oh, as rookies. Well wow. okay. Whew. You almost yeah. threw me for yeah. that one. That yeah, no, one. <laughs> no, no.
0: Don't have him that high. Let's take a look at Darius Geis from Washington. Um, I, kind of an interesting situation here. What do you think about I Geis? love this kid. Okay.
1: Uh, Chris Thompson will take that third down, you know, passing down like he, he did. Yep. But Geis, he's right there talent-wise with Barkley. He's good. I think that Washington got a steal. Uh, because of the off-field off issues, exactly, that people just dropped him down on the draft board. Uh, the kid's going to be a stud. I, have, I forget where I have him right now, but he's he's going to end up top twenty, top fifteen this year.
0: Now, the, his former teammate Leonard Fournette came out and said he's going to have a great year. So he always has. He always had talent when he was there at LSU. He's a hard worker, a great kid. Big things are going to come from him this year. Uh, Washington Post Kareem Col- Copeland wrote that he was running with juice, showing off sharp cuts, and displaying a good set of hands in the passing game. And hi- just his presence alone has elevated the play of the entire team's backfield. And that sentence right there is where I have a little bit of an issue just his rookie year right now until things shake out because they've got Rob Kelly, who's listed as the number one guy in the depth chart right now. They have Samaj P. Ryan. Again, like you said, Chris Thompson, who really isn't a threat to him in the running game, they're going to use him in that same role they had last year, and then Capri Bibbs is also there. So all these guys, you know, could eat into some of his workload. And just the running back by committee thing is taking over the NFL. So it's just something we have to sift through. And so, you know, if I were to guess, he's going to get anywhere from ten to twelve touches a game. I think probably.
1: Starts, I think that starts out that way. Yeah. I think by midway. He's, He's going to take away, for He's sure run with it. He okay. is. I from what we we've seen with Kelly and P Ryan, they've had the carries, and they just haven't been able to do anything with them. Kelly yeah. necessarily hasn't been healthy. That's the thing. The
0: running backs just don't produce there.
1: I don't think they have the skills that Geis has. Okay. And and you say that uh, what's his name? Copeland said that he was running with a juice. Yeah. I just want to say juice and Geis. Are spelled the same just with <laughs> one letter off at the beginning. Yeah. English language throws me. Yeah. You would think they would sound the same.
0: Right. If Juice. you read Geiss, you would never know that's how it's pronounced. Geis. You'd think Geis. it's Gucci. Goosey. Goose. Goose. Juice. Juice. Goose. Yeah. Yeah. You know
1: yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you like him. Uh, yeah. I like him too. It's just that situation that is a little shaky for me. Uh, carry on Johnson, Detroit Lions. Love him. You Love do him. Okay.
1: I think he's in the same situation as Geis. Okay. I think that he starts out the year, you know, eight to twelve carries, touches. Um, by by the end of the year, he's he's that guy. They have Abdullah, who they haven't really been able to do like yeah. that running game in Detroit has, has been. They're, they're so close to having a guy rush for 100 yards yeah. last year, but they couldn't get it. Yeah, and then they have got Theo Riddick, who is that passing down guy that they didn't even use last year. Yeah, for some reason. And then they added Legarrette Blunt. I think Blunt gets those. I think Blunt might end up being might start out as a number one.
0: Okay. He's definitely going to get the goal line work. Right.
1: I don't think Abdullah. I think Abdullah is going to be out of man out. He's already fourth on the depth chart right now,
0: which is crazy. I mean,
1: right. Uh, but he does have a history of injuries, does yeah. have a history of fumbles. Yep. I think that by the end of the season, On Johnson is going to be that guy.
0: My my thing with him is is there's just too many miles to feed. Uh, they they just came out and said that they want to be a running back by committee. Like that's what they're striving to do because they feel Can't like suppress talent.
1: It's going to happen. Uh,
0: I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, General Manager Bob Quinn promised that Johnson would hold up because of how and where the team uses him when asked about his injury problems in the past. Mm. They were using him as a kick returner so far in practice. So, again, there's so many guys there. And like you said, they're high on garrett Blunt. Will he be start the season as the starter? It's possible. So, like you said, though, talent, you know, you can't suppress talent. Cream rises so. to the top. If the cream rises to the crop, I think it's to the top. If the if it's the cream of the crop and they rise to the top, there we go. It's like a Randy Savage promo all of a sudden. Yeah. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah, uh, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that could
0: that was pretty good. That could happen. I'm not I'm not disagreeing, but yeah. I'm not going to target him uh, in my fantasy drafts. If he okay. falls to me, I mean, I don't know what his ADP is. Let's see. Go there. No, I'm not going to target him uh, right now in fantasy drafts. All Definitely right, we...
1: target him in dynasty if you if play dynasty. Okay, you're, you're really?
0: looking at okay. Yeah, all right. And then we look at Royce Freeman from Denver. I like Royce Freeman.
1: I do too. I'm having a real tough time deciding who I like the most. Honestly, okay. yeah, I love Barkley just because of his talent. Yeah, Geis because I think he's just as talented as Barkley, and he's just being more slept on because yeah. he's not Barkley. I love Carrion Johnson, obviously, and I love Royce Freeman. I Devontae Booker hasn't done anything in Denver. He's got
0: to be done, right? I mean, what has he done? Nothing. Freeman... He's got to be done. What has he done? Nothing. One more time. He's got to be done. What has he done? <laughs> nothing.
1: <laughs> I think that Booker, from time to time, will steal some touches. Right. Uh, but I think Freeman starts out as RB1. In Denver, and I think he finishes as RB one because I don't know how many people were able to see him in Oregon because they're on the West Coast, and you know who's going to stay up to watch Oregon play when they're not that good anymore. <laughs> right. the last couple of years, are you
0: kidding me?
1: That kid was a stud for like three years. Yeah. Once he got once he was a starter in Oregon, he, he was that kid killed it every time. Yeah. I think that he just continues it here. Still, kind of West Coast stuff, so. Right. It's not. Uh, it's more Midwestern. I'm sorry. I feel like it's more Midwestern. I don't. I don't feel like Denver's West Coast. Mountain you? time. You're right. Yeah. What is mountain? Is, is it west? It's or in between
0: it West and, and Midwest.
1: All right. So somebody from that area, yeah. contact us. What do you guys? What do you consider yourself? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the thing I like about him is he's really durable. He mm-hmm. only missed two games in college, uh, and like you said, he played for three years uh, with as a starter. As the yeah. starter. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. And head coach Vance Joseph came out and said that you can see the vision he has when he carries the ball. He catches the ball well. Uh, you know, he obviously they can't evaluate him totally until the pads are on, but they just said he looks like he knows what he's doing back there, and and that's half the battle. So, like you said, he's he's kind of. I think he might be the sleeper out. of this I do, group. I do too. I mean, I really like them. I mean, like him, he's right there, the top three for me: Barkley, Jones. Oh. I forgot, and, about, and and Freeman, forgot about Jones. And Freeman, for me, are, are my top three oh, man. because of their situations and just kind of the way things are going to go. And because we've seen how many times in the past that running backs go to Denver, they do really well. I mean, C.J. Anderson did so well that the Broncos didn't even know what to do with him. They benched him. That was so weird. And now he's gone. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. So, But anyways, him. that's a, a topic for another time. But I, I like Royce Freeman, and the fact that Case Keenum is going to be there to stabilize the quarterback position should take a little pressure off the running should. backs there. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. All right, our last running back here to evaluate before we get to our top ten rankings is Sony Michelle, uh, New England. Obviously, we always talk about how it's tough to pick a running back from New England, and you're better off to avoid it. But is that your position here again with this rookie from the Patriots?
1: Uh, well, Deion Lewis is gone. He's in Tennessee. Yep. So that leaves James White and Rex Burkhead.
0: And don't forget now, Jeremy Hill as well.
1: I'm not worried about that. Okay. I think that's a, a Gillis Lee situation. Okay. Yep. Um, neither one of those two guys, White and Burkhead, should prohibit from Michelle producing. I, I don't think. White, his career higher in rushes last year was 43, he has no rushing touchdowns since 2014 which is insane for a running back. How is that a thing? And then Burkehead, he had a pretty good year last year, actually. Uh, I don't know if anybody really noticed that, but he had a pretty decent year rushing the ball. But he mi- missed six games due to injury, and he kind of has a history of that. Yeah. I think Michelle looks to be their best runner. hmm And I sound like a broken record. I think by the end of the year, he's going to be their RB1. I do think that you know, barring any injuries, I think Burkhead is right there with him because I think he's really talented. But if he's if he's hurt, Michelle's definitely going to take over
0: and uh, and do good. What? <laughs> well, the <interesting, laughs> Great analysis there. Well, the good thing is here, and even though we don't really consider Patriot running backs to be one ones we should target, they're one of seven teams in the past two years to produce a top twelve running back, despite. Being a running back by committee Throughout that time So it's a, Again You mentioned these guys It is crowded He makes I think he's going to be Like the vital Like you said He's going to be the Dion Lewis He's going to take over that role I think you're right I think mm-hmm. that's why they drafted him Because now they go They get younger Maybe they've seen something In Lewis that nobody else sees Because Anytime the Patriots Let go of a player They're very good at evaluating What they have We've seen yeah. it time and time again So that tells me whether or not it's, you know, there's something there with Deion Lewis. There's a reason why they let him go. So with that being said, you know, like you said, he's the most talented guy in the roster. They still have Mike Gilsley there as well, whether whatever that means. But he's still there. Okay, so first two
1: weeks, you start him and then yeah. trade him. Because he's going to get like 10 touchdowns
0: those first two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, a lot of people are comparing this guy to Alvin Kamara and that he could be used in a similar way here in New England this year. Hmm. So uh, there's no way he's going to match his efficiency from last year, but if he matches Deion Lewis's production from last year, I, I think he's definitely worth targeting. Yep. Um, and, and we have to remember that they traded away Brandon Cooks, and he was a big part of their explosive plays, so they're going to need somebody to be that explosive guy. Sony Michelle is probably that guy.
1: I like it. Uh, and we didn't touch on... Nick Chubb from no. Cleveland because I think he's in a terrible situation.
0: Yeah, Sorry, I guys. mean, yeah. If, if you want us to elaborate on that, get a hold of us on Twitter. We can talk about that a little bit. But we, we kind of mentioned Nick Chubb uh, two weeks ago, and that's kind of why we didn't address him directly. Yep. Uh, we, we talked about that situation. So go back two episodes and listen to our Cleveland Brown section, and you'll get our thoughts on Nick Chubb. All right.
1: Cleveland so, Brown section. Who would have who thought? Yeah.
0: Uh, to close out the show, We're going to look at our consensus running back rankings. And going down the list really quick, we've got Todd Gurley, number one, Le'Veon Bell, two, David Johnson, three, Ezekiel Elliott, four, Alvin Kamara, five, Kareem Hunt, six, Leonard Fournette, seven, Christian McCaffrey, eight, LaShawn McCoy, nine, Saquon Barkley, ten. So you and I both have Gurley, Bell, one and two. I think it basically goes without saying Todd Gurley is a stud. He's in a great situation. We saw what the new coaching staff and the new regime there brought to the Rams. And the fact that Jared Goff has another year under his belt. And just the whole situation there is a good one. The fact that they now have Brandon Cooks. Everything is looking like a good situation. Todd Gurley should be a monster again this year. And then you just... One thing. Yeah. Since
1: college, every other year has been good. So just a heads up on that. He's still my number one. Correct. But if that happens, you heard it here first.
0: Take that for data. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, And then you look at Le'Veon Bell. I mean, there's not much to say. He's been consistent his entire career. He's a stud. He gets the ball a ton. He gets the ball out of the backfield. He does it all for Pittsburgh. Even though Todd Haley's gone, I don't expect anything to change. He's their guy. Uh, without a doubt, long as he stays healthy or doesn't get suspended. Right. You're in the clear. Uh, this is where we differ a little bit. I've got Zeke number three. Uh, you have David Johnson, number three. Correct. And first of all, I think if David Johnson was my comment here, if David Johnson had never gotten hurt. And if this was David Johnson of two years ago, David Johnson would be number one for me right now, okay. obviously. Right. I mean, because that's how good he was. So, What's his condition going to be like? And like we talked about earlier, that offensive line. That's why I have Johnson 4. Why do you have Johnson above Zeke?
1: number of reasons. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, I've seen lots of propaganda okay. of him. He looks completely fine. He looked fine at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, I, Like we said, the offensive line doesn't seem to bother him. Two years ago, he was fine. Yeah. And a big thing, if everyone's healthy, big thing is he catches the ball. He right, eighty catches. I, a, yeah, the year he, he had that big year. Right, his floor for catches is probably what like 60, 65? Yeah, if he's
0: healthy. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I just that's just an added <clears throat> element for him.
0: Right. Yeah, and like I say, I don't I don't have any problem with him being three for you. Um, it just it just kind of I guess I'm a little more scared of the situation than you are, and albeit I still have him. Tier one, number four. Okay, this is where we really start to get different here. Yeah. Because I've got Leonard Fournette in the top tier, and I'm one of very few to have him as high as I have him. I have him number five. I just think the sheer fact of Blake Bortles is the quarterback, the offensive line is as good as they are, he's the goal line guy, he is the every down back guy. He only comes off the field when he basically needs a breather, and you don't see that anymore. So when you got a guy like that, and he's as young as he is. He was as good as he was last year. A lot of people will point to the fact, well, his yards per carry weren't as high as so and so or so and so. Well, that's because he got the ball in short yardage all the time and only needed two or three yards. So it's it's not real hard to figure that one out. So that doesn't bother me at all. He scores touchdowns, and we've seen how close that Jacksonville team was to getting to the Super Bowl. You don't. My my worry there is obviously Blake Bortles is the quarterback, and then the turnover in the receiver position, which we mentioned last week. But I think Leonard Fournette is a stud. I mean, he was a stud in college. He was a stud his rookie year. I don't see anything changing, and I'm not really sure why everybody's so low on him. So that's kind of where I am with him. I mean, what are your thoughts on Fournette? You have him nine. So why why is he nine for you? I think you just convinced me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm looking at it. I don't know why I have Barkley ahead of him. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it. He should be number seven for me. I have no problem with seven.
0: Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I just...
1: I'm sorry I screwed up our our consensus (laughs) rankings. I have... uh, We haven't gotten into it, but Kamara and Hunt, I have five and six. Um, And that's mainly because of what they're able to do catching the ball as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, yeah, Fournette. I'm changing mine. You're changing them right now. I don't care what people say.
0: Okay. And, And see, where you have him right now... Where you had him, that's that's right on par. He's ranked ninth right now, consensus rankings according to Fantasy Pros. He's ranked ninth.
1: So I was right. So you or had not him right, but I was you have on him par. right.
0: And right here, the best is five, probably me. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's number five, and the worst he's number eleven. So that's kind of his range. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I don't understand why everybody's so low on him and why they have guys like Melvin Gordon. And a rookie, like you said, Saquon Barkley ranked ahead of him. I just can't do that just yet. So, okay, so you actually move him up to seven. So, all right, you got him a little closer.
1: So that, where was he on yours? He's five? He's five. So that probably moves him to six on ours.
0: I probably will move him up. Okay, so you have Kareem Hunt six, or excuse me, you have Alvin Kamara five. number five.
1: And then Kareem Hunt six, yep.
0: And I have Kamara number six. So I'm, I'm really close. I'm right there with you. I think it's... You know yep. they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. We kind of addressed this a couple of weeks yep. ago on the show. Um, so again, we both like Kamara uh, almost just as much. Um, I just I have him just a little touch back farther than you, just because I think the first four weeks will affect his production. But hey, that doesn't mean that as the year goes on, he doesn't he doesn't take off. Now, like I like we mentioned with him, even when he was at Tennessee, he was always that third guy, and <clears throat> you looked at his averages. Last year, as the season went on, as games went on, they went down. So, Mm -hmm. um, something to be aware of. I have Kareem Hunt number seven. You have him number six. So, we're really close on Kareem Hunt. Um, He really toned down at the end of the year. I mean, he had a blazing start. The the first
1: five, six weeks were insane. They
0: were unbelievable, and they really set the tone for his fantasy level the rest of the year. Now, I'm not saying he was bad the rest of the year. But there
1: were times when he would... In our league, our, our scoring is different, so he would get like fifteen points, which is pretty decent yeah. for in our league for running backs. Yeah, like if, if you can get twelve to fifteen from a running back, you're good. But you get fifteen, and it's like, eh. Let's right. hope he can get over twenty. Right, right. Because you got like forty four that first week, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is gonna be good. <laughs> right. I'm set. Right. And I was. I won. Remember? I do. I remember.
0: I do remember. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I, I think. I'm still high on him. I think he's a good player. Yeah, he's seven. Yeah, yeah, it does worry me a little bit that he detailed off last year. And we've seen a lot of times a sophomore slump. Will he be affected by that?
1: But my thing was that whole offense. Hopefully it's like – I don't know what they were doing at certain times. Right. They just weren't giving him the ball.
0: Well, it's no longer Alex Smith-led. Exactly.
1: And I think Mahomes, the – Kind of rely on the passing game or excuse me, the running game more than they did mm-hmm. with Alex. Yep, and I think that could help him a little bit. Yep, and also he's a great safety blanket out there in the flats for him.
0: Yeah, I like it. Yeah,
1: two thumbs up. I'm putting thumbs up right near the microphone.
0: <laughs> All right, you have Saquon Barkley number eight. I have Saquon Barkley yeah. number 14. So, again, we talked about this already. Barkley. I- I'm worried about New York's offensive line. He's a rookie. He's not proven to me. There's things I can't just put all my chips ahead on Saquon Barkley right now. But you have him eight, and and like we talked about, you love his talent and the potential that he has there. Mm -hmm. They're just bad. They're just a bad team. So I, I need to see it before I can believe it for Barkley.
1: I think the biggest thing going for this was top picks at running back. They get like, I don't know what the average was. But it was like almost 100 yards or 100 yards, 100 more carries in total for that offense. Yeah, I just think that has to go in his favor. Yeah, and you yeah. look at those those four running backs that you rattle off, all pretty decent. Stop yawning.
0: Sorry, you're boring me with your take. That's
1: pretty good. <laughs> That's funny.
0: <laughs> no, I, I and I get that. I get that point of it. Stop I just talking. <laughs> Uh, so we've got him a 6th place difference. That's the farthest we've had it so far.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I have Christian McCaffrey, 8. You have him, 12. I just think they have a separate section of the playbook for this kid, and I just think they're going to continue to utilize him more now that Jonathan Stewart's out. How much will they use C.J. Anderson? That's my thing. That's what we don't know. Because I think C.J. Anderson's an improvement of Jonathan Stewart. I agree. I agree. And nobody's talking about C.J. Anderson, but I think it's just because we don't know how they're going to use him. And we've seen what Denver did with him. yeah. So it's just really hard to to uh, take any, take that really serious that situation with CJ Anderson right now. But I like McCaffrey. I like the situation. Um, either way, whether Anderson's involved or not, I think McCaffrey is going to be a PPR monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so PPR leagues, I have him. You know, I, I think the fact that he catches out of the backfield, just like you know, you said with David Johnson and Bell and Gurley. That helps him out big time. Um, I have Devontae Freeman, number 9. You have Melvin Gordon, number 9. Correct. Um, I have Melvin Gordon, 12. You have Devontae Freeman, 13. So we're basically the same here. We're flip-flopping on um, which guys we like here in those spots. So if we talk about Melvin Gordon, you have him, 9. Mm-hmm. Is, is this a volume thing overall? Yeah, maybe. yeah.
1: It's a volume thing. He basically make that, makes that offense go. Yeah. Hunter Henry being out, yeah. also tick back a little bit on the passing game, A little uptick on okay. the on the running game. I like
0: yeah, it's it's a good thought, yeah. Yeah, it could happen. Maybe
1: bring Antonio Gates, I don't know.
0: What uh, yeah, he's still unsigned. I don't I don't think he's retired yet. I think he was gonna, and, but then the I'm injury sure.
1: happened and then Right. Apparently, I read something that they that they wanted to talk to him or going to reach out to him. I don't know. Right.
0: We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um okay, and then I've got Freeman 9. Um you've got him 13. I, I got to think for you at 13, it's an injury thing. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, if he wasn't hurt all the time, I'd have him higher. But he's hurt all the time. And and so...
1: And the thing about him getting hurt was the concussions. Right. I that's can, scary. I can deal with bodily stuff. I mean, I can. <laughs> but, like, if it's a knee injury, like minor knee injury, or if it's, like, ankle or shoulder or something. Yeah. But a head injury for his type of running... I don't really like that. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hear you.
1: Unless he really falls to me, I'm, I'm not looking to pick him up.
0: Yeah. And
1: it yeah. looks like that's kind of the same thing for you with Shady. Because you have him at 11. Which I also have him at 11. But you have him, like, lower than what I expected.
0: Yeah, we both have him at 11. That's definitely why it's an injury thing. And he's getting – he's 30. Yeah. So, you know, he's, My thing, he's getting older.
1: Was just that, that offense in Buffalo, just without Taylor, and they've got AJ McCarron. Um, I'm not a big fan of that offense in general. Yeah, if they played Josh Allen, I don't know. I don't think he should play football.
0: <laughs> Personally,
1: um. yeah, it's
0: a, it's it's tough to like anything in Buffalo right now. And I, and, um, consensus ranking across the board, he's twelfth. So we're yeah. we're we're right there. Yeah. I mean. I think that's where he belongs. I mean, we know how explosive he is. And again, it's just a can you stay healthy thing. Um, Delvin Cook, 10, guy coming off an ACL injury.
1: I've got him 10. What do you got him at? You have him 10.
0: I have him 13. I can't read. Um, And and again, I I think, you know, we mentioned this a little bit with the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. They're not that great. Um, He had success last year, and he's going to be more uh, featured even more without uh, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon. So I think there's a lot to like there. Um, you know, Kirk, th- Kirk th- Cousins being there helps the offense.
1: I think he has a big year.
0: And I loved him coming out of college. Um, yeah. You know, will will he, will he his knee hold up? That's the big question. Some guys they do, some guys they don't. It's tough to say. We can't predict that. Uh, and then I have Jordan Howard at number 10.
1: Did you move yours after we had our talk with... Bob Long.
0: I made I've been making changes on this uh, periodically, periodically yeah. as different things come out from OTAs and different things that I see. Uh, I've been kind of adjusting things periodically. Uh Jordan Howard has moved up. Yep, uh you know our talk with with Bob Long influenced it a little bit, you know, in the fact that I'm moving it. He's his candidate for the uh the next Todd Gurley uh you know coming off a rookie season. That was good. A sophomore season that was not good, and then just in a situation that's more formidable for him. Um, and, and moving to fourteen. What do you have him? I have him at ten. Oh, so 10? you have him fourteen. Yeah. I have him ten. Um, you know, I, I I just think that uh, again, he he's the only guy they got. He's he's the bell cow, so to speak, for Chicago. Cohen's not going to take any of his. Cohen's yeah,
1: yeah. Any of his rushes. He's going to be in. Might even play slot. Mm-hmm. You know who knows, but. I did read that they're going to get uh, Cohen the ball more, but I think that has to do more in the running game. Or right, in the, in the, in the passing, passing game.
0: game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, again, when you take all that into consideration, when he's the number one guy, clear cut, and you yeah. don't have to worry about anything, that's that's what you have to like. That's so.
1: why I like number 15. And that number 15, Jack McKinnon.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I just haven't seen enough of him to be the lone back. They have Matt Breida there. How much will Matt They seem to really like that kid. I mean, they played Matt Breida when a lot of times Carlos Hyde should have been on the field, probably. Yeah. So, you know... uh, But, yeah, McKinnon with a Kyle Shanahan offense. Yep. yep. There's a lot of potential there. So, I agree. I like it. I agree. I have McKinnon 16. You have him 15. It just... You know, it's tough to rank him ahead of these other guys at this point. So... Well, yeah. So, those are our consensus running back rankings. And this has been a running back show. Mm-hmm.
1: I think we covered our bases here. This has basically been a running back by committee. We, we were both
0: this you know, we are the, the, the rock. Yes. The running back y'all. If you have any more questions about running backs, don't be hesitant to send them to at coach037 on Twitter or that King Cole715 on Twitter. We'd be happy to answer them for you. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and all social media at coach and cole facebook.com slash coaching cole Instagram at coach and Cole. Make sure if you are an Apple user, you subscribe and give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Helps our ranking, helps this show grow, helps us attract sponsors. The whole nine yards. That's a football joke. If you're not an Apple user, make sure you are favoriting us on TuneIn so you never miss an episode. And next week we will be joined by the author of the number one selling fantasy black book series, Joe Pisapia of fan treks and we are looking forward to talking with him about his fantasy football black book of 2018 that has that has some great stuff in it and has a lot of guest writers that helped him do that so we're looking forward to having him on the show and in fact gary davenport contributed to that book former guest of the show old gear bear oh gary (laughs) Gary. (laughs) so very cool we're looking forward to that and cole it's been another good show Mm -hmm. another good week a week closer to fantasy football, a week closer to the NFL. Anything you'd like to tell our listeners before we sign off? Absolutely not. Nothing left to they, say. They We're drained. Yeah, I hear you. We don't get paid no fun anymore. Man. This has been the Coach and Cole Show. Cool. I'm the coach. I am Cole. day to day like everything is all right. I'm just just on that moment. On my moment. plus.